as the war takes place and the liberation of Europe little by little takes effect, there will be chastisements such as tremendous diseases, one in particular that will be called the burning plague. I wanted to go through something with you. In the book of Revelation, the book of the apocalypse, if you will, the very last book of the Bible, it says something very interesting about the prophets of the end times, about the two witnesses, if you will. I mean, we're always looking for heroes nowadays, and it seems there's no leadership anywhere that you can find. Well, there's leadership coming. It certainly seems we're living in the time of times, and uh, things are all, you know, seemingly hopeless. Not totally hopeless, though. Listen, even in the time of Antichrist, whenever that comes, it might be soon, we never know what, but even in that time, there will be two end-time witnesses or prophets. Now, it's interesting. I've got Xavier Aral, whom you all know very well as the author of the book of Revelations. It is a tome of all of the approved visions in very great detail um, that he has worked on. Uh, it's really, a, you know, an epic book that you should see. Um, so he's coming on the program. Let me just read to you from the book of Revelations from the Apocalypse in the Scriptures. If you want to follow along, it's from chapter 11 of the Apocalypse, or chapter 11 in the book of Revelations, starting at verse 3, talking about the two end-time prophets, or witnesses, as they're called here. And I will grant my two witnesses power to prophesy for 1,260 days, clothed in sackcloth. Now, it's interesting because you, we learn of the time of Antichrist, if you look in the scriptures, to be three and a half years. And it talks here about the two witnesses being given preaching rights for 1,260 days. It's interesting because if you add up the number of days that are in three and a half years, it's 1,277 days. So basically, it's the whole time of the Antichrist's public reign. There's these two uh, prophets or two witnesses that are running around the earth. And, and the reason why I say running around um, is you'll see in here. Now listen to this. It says, They are the two olive branches and the two lampstands which stand before the Lord of the earth. And if anyone would harm them, fire pours from their mouth and consumes their foes. If anyone would harm them, thus he is doomed to be killed. They have power to shut the sky that no rain may fall during the days of their prophesying, and they have power over the waters to turn them into blood. Of course, it sounds very much like the uh, miracles of Moses. And to smite the earth with every plague as often as they desire. And when they have finished their testimony, the beast that ascends from the bottomless pit will make war upon them and conquer them and kill them, and their dead bodies will lie in the street of the great city, which is allegorically called Sodom and Egypt, where their Lord was crucified. Ah, so then it's Jerusalem. Okay, so their bodies are to lie in the streets of Jerusalem for three days. And then for three days and a half, men from the peoples and tribes and tongues of the nations gaze at their dead bodies and refuse to let them be placed in a tomb and those who dwell on the earth will rejoice over them and make merry and exchange presents, because these two prophets had been a torment to those who dwell on the earth. But after three and a half days, a breath from the life of God entered them, and they stood up on their feet, and a great fear fell on those who saw them. Then they heard a loud voice from heaven saying to them, Come up hither. And in the sight of their foes, they went up to heaven in a cloud. So interestingly, we've talked about these two end-time prophets before. 
because of that part right there where they wouldn't let their bodies be buried for three and a half days, um, and then they're resurrected. And it's very interesting that they are hated by the people of the earth so much that they give gifts to one another to celebrate the fact that they're dead and they can see their bodies. They won't allow them to be buried because they want to be able to see them and they're exchanging gifts all over the world in, in, in sort of hooray, hooray, they're dead. Why? Well, because these two tormented the consciences of the people. And it's very clear there that they tormented the people not only with their uh, plagues that they were able to cast upon the earth and so on and so forth. What are they doing? These two end-time prophets are talking about the truth of the Lord at a time when it doesn't want to be heard. heard. And you know, we're in those times right now because in the time that we live in today, nobody wants to hear the words of the truth, the truth of Jesus Christ, the truth of his church, the moral law that he gave already that God gave to the Jews um, is supposed to be stamped in our hearts. But every time we mention it now, we're thought to be haters and bigots. But beyond that, it's no longer you're only a hater and bigot. It's now you're being pursued legally or illegally with violence and a real hatred. And so it very much seems like we're in the times uh, that are prophesied here in the scriptures. But the scriptures lays out this timeline of, of three and a half years. Want to know where that fits in, where that fits in with many of the other prophecies uh, that we've been talking about here. Principally, I mean, the most uh, well-known and, and respected uh, of these private revelations, which still are private, um, and therefore not necessary to believe for salvation, but the most prominent one is Fatima. And Fatima too talks a lot about the triumph of the Immaculate Heart coming. How does that fit in with the time of Antichrist, which this speaks to? Um, and are we supposed to experience the time of Antichrist first, and then the victory, the triumph of the Immaculate Heart? Or is it the other way around? Is it the triumph of the Immaculate Heart, then a period of peace, then the Antichrist? Well, I've got with me uh, Xavier Aral, whom you know uh, as the author of the book of Revelations, um, and not Revelation in the Bible, but the book called Revelations, uh, covering many of the approved visions or approved messages of Our Lady. And uh, we're going to go for his take on what all this means, how it fits together, the timeline, and in what order, at least from his reading of things, uh, he's expecting things to come in. Stay tuned for this episode of The John Henry Weston Show. As you know, LifeSite News has been at the forefront of exposing the Great Reset and the globalist forces that seek to subvert our world, from the Vatican to the highest halls of government to the local Planned Parenthood. And that's why LifeSite News is sponsoring the 2023 Crusader Night Congress to fight back against the anti-life cabal that seeks to control all of our lives. This event has a theme that the world desperately needs. The theme is for alter culture and trade. And what does that mean? Well, it means making the social kingship of Christ the center of family and individual life to restore Christendom. It means making deeper connections between Catholic families. It means restoring and rebuilding Christendom in all sectors of society. It means reclaiming North America for the culture of life. 
The 2023 Crusader Night Congress is being held by American patriot and faithful Catholic Mike Church. The dates are May 5th, 6th, and 7th in the heart of Louisiana's Cajun country. To learn all the details and register to attend, head on over to upontherocks.co, not .com, by the way, that's upontherocks.co, or give them a call at 844-527-8723. LifeSite News is proud to sponsor this event, and I sincerely hope you can attend. Xavier, welcome back to the program. Hello, John Henry. How are you? Very well, thank you. Let's begin as we always do with the sign of the cross. In the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. It certainly seems like the times we're living in are prophetic times. They're, we're seeing more of a kind of coming chastisement, I think, than many other people did. But I wanted you to first give us a layout of, you've read many, many prophecies of Our Lady, um, all the approved ones in your book, Revelations, you run through them all. Um, in, in great depth, and uh, what I love, in, in, with very many references. But if you can give us sort of a, a layout, specifically with regard to the triumph of the Immaculate Heart, which we know is coming, but when does it come? Because we know that there's, you know, uh, the Antichrist, there are the two end-time prophets, which I talked about in the intro. There's all sorts of pieces that need to come together for this time of times. Um and how does that sort of play out in, in terms of a timeline? This subject is unquestionably of the utmost seriousness and gravity. Your show is one of the few that I've seen online uh, that covers it. But indeed, this is not a conversation of a dining room or living room. This is something that involves history and the well-being and future of the faithful and the cornerstones of most apparitions today. So indeed, the triumph of the Immaculate Heart of Mary has been announced, and through it, of course, of the Sacred Heart of Christ, Fatima, to name but one. The series of events that will precede all the final victory of heaven over evil uh, is extremely well described in many apparitions, although we were clearly made understand, understood, brother, that uh, the exact date, the calendars are not for us to know. Now, regarding prophecies, and that's always a very delicate subject in any apparition site we deal with. And the last show that we had together with uh, Father Michel Rodrigue, he gave a splendid, a splendid definition of what a prophecy is. It is not a subject of conversation for sensationalism, not at all. A prophecy, is meant as an admonition of sorts, a warning from heaven to humanity, stating what is to come uh, will be very grave if man does not convert. To give an example, that of Fatima, the most famous and questionably apparition size of all. The version was very clear when she talked about the second and the third secret of Fatima. She began her sentences by saying, if man does not return to God, this is conditional, if man does not return to God, there will be a second world war under the reign of Pius XI, and Russia will spread her errors if man does not convert to, to God, does not return to God. No prophecy is ever uh, carved on marble. 
everything is subject to the response of humanity. Otherwise, what cruelty? And God is everything but cruel. This is an admonition coming from the imploring and loving voice of a mother to humanity to convert, to convert of the heart with love before it's too late. To return to your question, the, what would be the timeline? This also is very difficult to discuss because I don't believe that God could have given us a perfect timing since it's all it all depends on us, on the response of humanity. Although that one on one of the shows we did together, through Marie-Julie Jeannie, uh, a hint, in, and that was the only hint that heaven is given for any apparition sites or any visionary uh, other than Marie-Julie Jeannie, the year 1883. If you like, we'll come back to that later. That's extraordinary. It's quite remarkable. But let's talk about regular apparition sites like La Salette, like Tilly, like Fatima, like Akita and others, which have been approved formally by both the bishop and the congregation. According to prophecy, the events will be in such a way as there will be um, schisms, one in particular within the Roman Catholic and Apostolic Church. Apostasy will be common currency. Error, violation, living against the dogma of the faith, the deposit of the faith, will likewise be common currency. Teaching, spreading, um, falsehoods that are contradictory to the teachings of other pontiff, pontiffs like Leo XIII, like Benedict XV, will be spread. And those who will refuse or resist uh, and naming and invoking uh, the dogma of the faith or canon law or the teachings of past pontiffs will be accused to be either fascist and would be threatened of possible excommunication in the future. Now, being a Frenchman, I'm also a great fan of history. The same thing was threatened upon Saint Joan of Arc when she was threatened to be excommunicated, and she was for a moment, but there was later on a process of rehabilitation which put her uh, in uh, the right positions against the with the church, and later she was canonized, if memory serves, in 1922. That being said, the timeline, although we're not supposed to know because it's not yet carved on stone, According to prophecy, it goes as such. There will be apostasy. There will be heresy within the steps of the Vatican. There will be a false teaching. The church will become literally unrecognizable. Nevertheless, there will be schism, and already there is one. You of all people, uh, John Henry, you know more probably more than anyone what's going on in Germany with the schism of this parallel magisterium they're trying to do without quote-unquote trying to leave the Catholic Church. It's a paradox. It's a contradiction. It is a lie. It is a nothing short of a schism. We have to say, as we say in French, quand un chat est blanc, we have to say, on doit dire qu'il est blanc. When a card is white, we have to say the card is white. We cannot lie. The schism is already taking place in Germany. This is from a European telling you so. According to prophecy, from this moment forth, the church being what it was, what it will be, many bishops will finally denounce this particular apostasy. Some others will detach from the from the Pope. The Pope will try to reestablish, at least realizing that he committed an error, he will try to gather and correct a tremendous wrong. He will fail as church after church through a domino effect will turn their back on the supreme authority of the pontiff of Rome, on the bishop of Rome, on the vicar of Christ. From that moment forth, 
and there will be a major, uh, uh, not just political, but economical crash throughout the world. This has been foretold in La Fraudée, this has been foretold in La Salette, and in Akita, and in many, many other approved apparition sites around the world. So this particular crisis that will become with the international bank, nations, particularly from of the first world, the most uh, uh, industrialized nations will fall on their knees. There will be, a, for a moment, a solution that will be brought forth by an antichrist, whom, according to some visionaries, is already today alive. There is, uh, according to one of your past guests, antichrist and antichrist, an antichrist. And there is such a thing as an anti-Christian group, which today is principally bearing the heart of the principal free Masonic lodges around the world particularly that of the Northern American continent and the European continent. They are forming and today they are held, holding rather all the reins of all the major political and economical fields in both continents today. Today they are being challenged more and more by an Eastern alliance, which uh, is neither inspired by peace uh, nor by altruism, but rather by the ambition of replacing uh, an old um, Anglo-Saxon leadership, world leadership, which has been in effect, which has taken effect since the end of World War II. So we are right now going at a, a scary speed into a major clash between two different ideologies, two different economical systems. And the immense majority of the people um, are placed in between, not knowing what to believe. That is part of what is to happen. So what is yet to happen? We know, according to apparitions like the one of Marie-Julie Jani in La Fraudée, in Brittany, chapter two of my book, that after the death of a queen, of an English queen, there will be first and foremost an implosion of what is today known as the United Kingdom, where from there will come four um, sovereign nations. All those who know a little bit of geopolitics will immediately reach the conclusion of Scotland, Wales, England, and Northern Ireland, or Ireland altogether. Already, and this is news from a European fellow who watched most of his time European news, Scotland is trying and is leading uh, the Prime Minister of Scotland to detach, to see, uh, to make a secession from the United Kingdom to return to the European Union, because their interest, their economical interest, since Great Britain or the United Kingdom left the European Union, has been disastrous for its economy and they are dying to return. If Scotland manages for a referendum to detach from uh, the United Kingdom, Wales and Northern Ireland will follow suit. That has been foretold. Another matter that will, uh, has been foretold will be tensions, geopolitical tensions between Israel, between Iran and the United Kingdom. Likewise, tension in Eastern Europe. Uh, remarkably enough, I invite your, your viewers to check this on uh, on the various uh, interviews that took place on Coast to Coast with Art Bell, I believe, and Malachi Martin, where Malachi and Martin, remarkably enough, in 1999, uh, mentioned Ukraine and Russia and tensions that will come therefrom. No? Extraordinary. Uh, this was foretold. With Marie-Julie Jani, uh, the, the mention, she mentioned that also along with the crash, with more and more financial situations and, and upheaval, there will be revolutions, particularly in the European continent, especially in Italy and France. Now, France today 
is unquestionably the country that receives the greatest amount of uh, Muslim um, nationals uh, and immigrants who come to France, particularly from the old colonies. Being a Frenchman, I tell you this in full knowledge of the situation. Those are the immense majority, the immense majority, particularly of the youth, of those um, Algerians, Moroccans, Tunisians, Chadians, all those Muslim nations that used to be part of France, no? come to France to in search of a better life, but with a profound animosity, not forgiving France for the humiliation of the empire, of the colonies. It is true, some atrocities took place, and not just in the French empire, in the English, in the Belgium as well. Of course, humanity will always be humanity. And it is not a question of being French or English or Belgium. It is homo est lobo homo. No, the man will always be the wolf against the man. It is a question of human mediocrity, human animosity. And the fact of the matter is this hatred is being bestowed from one generation to the other. You only have to look at your American news on ABC, NBC, CNN, no, Fox News, <laughs> rather. And you will see that indeed, uh, these uh, protests that are taking place today are not only because of a... Um, um, retirement age being postponed to 64, but the problem goes considerably deeper than that. Now, France and Europe is losing its identity, is losing its culture, Christian culture. Uh, you, uh, I know that you are very close to the to Germany. You are familiar with the country. You even speak German, from what I gather, John Henry. The situation in uh, in Germany is dear. Uh, as well, and particularly with the schism that is today taking place. The problem that exists in Europe goes as such, and please do accept what I tell you. I grew up, I was born in Europe, and this is the situation which to this day exists in, in Europe. The Second World War has left such a print that everyone in Europe is terrified to ever be called pro-Nazi, pro-fascist, so as to be recalled of the errors of the past. So much so, and even during the occupations, the Belgians, the Italians, the Dutch, the Danish, all of Europe that was occupied by Germans are terrified of this particular situation because during the occupation, there were multitudes of collaborators during the occupations, and many family members of these people have openly collaborated to survive. To this day, people are so afraid to be called fascists that they go to the extreme other side of the political spectrum of politics and they go to become socialists, liberals, communists, and they are welcoming, in the words of Marie-Julie Jani, the dust of other nations who will pretend to take over those countries and to change the constitution, the culture, the, even the own identity of those nations. I know it's very heavy and this kind of conversation or subject is hardly mentioned anywhere, either in magazines, on newspapers, or on shows, but it is the absolute truth. You may believe me, because I've lived most of my life in Europe, this is the actual situation today. So to return to the lime timeline, according to prophecies, where once the economical clash takes place, the church will turn into apostasy, people will start revolutions in Europe, there will be tensions in the Middle East, and the Eastern European, from what I presume will be coming from the Russian-Ukraine war, uh, will quickly finish through a sort of blitzkrieg. According to prophecy, particularly, and I'm referring to that of Marie-Julie Jani, the Eastern European, particularly Russia, will spread through all of the NATO defenses from the Belarusian 
frontiers all the way to the Ruhr, to the Rhine River. No? In the meantime, the right and left flank of this advance, military conventional advance, will be taken over very quickly by the Russians or are temporarily immobilized. We're talking about Scandinavia, Finland, Sweden, Denmark, Norway. The left will be taken care of by an alliance of consortium of sorts between Muslim nations that will all be uh, uniting, uniting to attack Israel and the infidels that support Israel. That is to say NATO, the Americans, the Europeans. According to prophecies at that time, uh, as the Russians move forward towards the Rhine, the Muslims will take over and will disembark in southern Italy, in southern France, in the Costa del Sol of Spain, in Andalusia, in southern Spain. The Spaniards, the French, the Italians will be overwhelmed. The forces, the Muslim forces that will reach southern Italy, will race against the Russian forces that will cross Bavaria, Switzerland, Austria to reach northern Italy, and will both race to get to Rome first. The Russians, according to prophecy, will win and will plant their flag on top of the Basilica of Peter in the Vatican. The Muslims will be stopped, will stop there, but they will have their share. And from then on, Marie-Julie Jeannie continues by explaining that indeed, after the Rhine, there will be a brief pause and the, the remnants of NATO that will be refuging itself in France will think to be safe since France holds the fourth largest nuclear arsenal in the world. Uh, afterwards, after France is England. So they do not think, they will not think that Russia will dare crossing the Rhine River. According to Marie Jeannie, they will throw the, Rhine, the, the dice, the Russians, and will cross indeed. There will be three main causes of attacks. The main city of attack the Russians will aim will be Orléans, not Paris. Then the second one will be Paris, which will resist for 45 days. The third one will cross Switzerland and the French Alps and will go through Central Europe while the Muslims disembark in Marseille, Nice, Toulon. There will be a junction between the Muslims and the Russians Central France, and there will be a finally a stabilized front that will be from part of Normandy. All of Brittany will remain safe, Vendée, and all the Atlantic French coast will remain under French possessions. But in the meantime, all the largest cities of France will be wiped out. Lyon, Marseille, Bordeaux, Strasbourg, all of the cities will be destroyed. Paris will be captured, will fall after 45 days of combat, which will lose due to lack of ammunition. Russians will enter, but will stay there very for a very short period of time. According to prophecy, again, um, and this is very difficult. This is, <laughs> I've written about it. I've talked about it many times, but I've always reached a point where I know or I guess what some people who hear this for the very first time will react. I know because I was one of them. It took me a very long time to analyze this thing and to be very Cartesian and to believe that this is uh, worthy of belief, which is the formula that the Roman Congregation of the Doctrine of the Faith, of the faith uses to approve apparition sites. A brief, with your permission, John Henry, a very brief parenthesis. Father Laurentin always began his talks and his books by stating the following. Um, private revelation, whether in Fatima, Lourdes, and there were revelations in Lourdes, which were hidden, but we'll go into that later. Private revelations, marine apparition sites, all the revelations and prophecies that are given forth uh, must only be worthy of belief, but they will never, ever add 
anything to the deposit of faith which has been entrusted through the Gospels of Christ. Everything, and I mean everything, is already there in the Gospels of the Bible. No? The only thing that these apparitions, these private revelations bring forth is principally uh, a message from the Ver Ver Blessed Virgin Mary, which was the same that she brought 2,000 years ago in Cana, which was, do everything my son tells you. And that makes you, that makes one wonder, why is heaven thinking that this message repeated again and again from the 19th century all the way to our time? Why is it necessary since the priest, the Catholic Church is supposed to be there to do exactly that? Might it be because the Catholic Church is not fulfilling its mission properly? I regret to say that although I'm a Catholic and a faithful one practicing and obedient to the dogma of the faith, the Roman Catholic and Apostolic faith, I regret to say that, that it is my opinion, and not just mine. In many aspects, um, Father René Laurentin, and it's never good to make the dead speak, but I can only echo my experience with him. I think he saw already at his time, before he passed away in 2017, the same sort of problem, the beginning of problem within the Catholic Church, an infiltration, according to the words of Martin Malachi, and I beg your pardon, I'm going in every direction, you know, but it is a consortium of uh, revelations. Each of these apparition sites, Fatima, Marie-Julie Janine, Lafrodet, La Salette, Akita, San Nicolas in Argentina approved, Betania, Kibejo in Rwanda, extraordinary apparition site, locally approved by the local bishop, are all parts of a puzzle which gives a grand picture. The picture reveals prophecy of what might happen if humanity does not convert. But the cornerstone of the message that heaven echoes today through heaven's first emissary, Christ, Jesus Christ's mother, is this, convert in time, convert before all this happens and try to change history. Like in Nineveh, like in other circumstances we've heard before with one of your previous guest, but converse so as to change what is to come to you. If you do not remember Fatima, if man does not return to God, there will be a second world war. If man does not return to God, Russia will spread her errors. And it happened because this message was not echoed properly. The third secret of Fatima was very clearly meant to be heard and lived by the faithful at the time when Luciano Santos was supposed to pass away or at the latest by 1960. The Catholic Church, in all conscience, disobeyed the instructions of heaven through the Virgin Mary, thinking perhaps to know better. This is a sin, sin of pride, the sin that has led even Satan to fall. His name was Lucifer, the angel of light. He fell because of pride. All of us, I believe, often fall for that particular sin. The great nobility of it all, is the fight that makes it noble to resist and to fight your own devils. But to, again, I, I finish very quickly now about the question about timeline. After the invasion of these particular territories in Europe, France will not be totally conquered. According to prophecy, there will be a privileged soul from France who will go, who will be instructed to go and search for a savior. This savior will not just be a military savior or a political one, but a society, um, cultural one. He will be, according to La Salette, which is part of the secret of La Salette, 
formally approved by the local bishop and Rome. According to Marie-Julie Jani Lafrodet, formally approved by her local bishop, uh, Monseigneur Fournier, formally confirmed by the locally approved apparition site of Tilly in Normandy, where I'm from, there will be a great monarch who will be the direct descendant who will follow the, la loi salique, the salic law, from masculine um, ancestor to masculine, masculine, masculine descendants, all the way to this great monarch. He will be the direct descendant of Louis, King Louis XVI and of Marie Antoinette. And this opens another can of worms. He will therefore be the great, 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 great grandson of uh, the Dauphin, or Prince Louis XVII, who was thought to have passed away in the prison of Le Temple in France, right after the execution of both his parents. There's been in France, and if I'm very long-winded, please interrupt me, General Henry, I tend to be. <laughs> but there's been in France for many years, since then to now, a great many debates, which have split France in two. Those who believe that indeed the corpse of the child found in the cell of Le Temple was that of Louis XVII. What they didn't tell you is that the autopsy found by the autopsy made by a doctor, by the way, who was not the little princess doctor, that doctor who used to take care of Louis XVII in his cell mysteriously disappeared. No one ever knew whatever happened of him ever again. And he knew the, the boy perfectly. That boy, the corpse of that boy who was found, was to be found, was found to be that of an adolescent of about 14 years old. He, the hair, color hair was somewhat darker than that of the little prince. The little prince was supposed to be 10 years old. According to prophecy in La Salette, and that was part of the secret of La Salette, which was revealed by uh, little Giraud, no? to the heir of the French crown in the 19th century in his uh, castle of Falstaff, um, he revealed to him when he was about to take back the crown of France and the throne which was being offered to him by the deputies of France after the fall of the Franco-Prussian War, yeah, he was revealed by the little visionary of La Salette that the Virgin asked him to inform the prince of France that he was not to accept the crown because a descendant of Louis XVI would one day take the throne of France. Again, I was making a derivation to explain those details have their importance, but regarding timeline, this descendant of Louis XVI and Marie Antoinette will be called by a privileged soul who will receive a revelation from heaven. And he will be asked to come to France when France will be under the, domin the dominion of the Russian and Muslim forces, at least on the eastern part of France. There will be a stable front that will stop the Russians and there will be a Russian defeat in the city of Nantes, but at great cost for the French army or whatever remains thereof. The French king will come back, will return and will meet with the Spanish king who will leave very temporarily Spain to regroup forces. The Americans will not come to the rescue of Europe. And this was very specifically mentioned by the Blessed Virgin Mary to Marie-Julie Janine. Why, we do not know. I asked a couple of friends of mine in France who are uh, in active duty in the French army, what, what possible scenarios could stop the Americans from coming to the aid of their allies, the English, the French, the Europeans, members of NATO. And two reasons came through for these particular friends of mine. Either something of tremendously, of great measure, nature-based, will hit the United States to such an extent that the Americans will need to pull all of their resources to keep head above water 
and or the Americans' attention will be called upon another front elsewhere. Asia. Marie-Julie Jani, and I mention her again as a point of reference because her prophecies are extraordinarily detailed, calls this man uh, with a name, and the version, and St. Michael the Archangel name him Henri V de la Croix. In English, Henry V of the Cross, descendant of Louis XVI and Marie Antoinette. Henry V of the Cross will return to France. And through a handful of men and an army, barely restituted and some reinforcement from the French population of Brittany, will form a considerably smaller force than the one occupying Eastern France, but somehow and miraculously, will chase the Russians using the same road as that of Joan of Arc when she liberated France from the English through la région de la Loire. The Spanish king likewise will push back to the sea all the Muslims away from Costa del Sol and Andalusia. The Spaniards at that time will send small reinforcements to the French king, his cousin, the king Henri V de la Croix. And as the, Rus as the French will approach Paris, the Russians will withdraw Paris. Uh, but before, as they withdraw, during a night, they will bomb Paris through uh, two bases or uh, withdrawing bases. One will be from Orléans, which still will be occupied, but about to be abandoned, and the other one from the city of Blois or the region of the city of Blois. Paris will be bombed by these two, through these two attacks at night and will be devastated. The Virgin Mary, in one instance, said, if you knew how many survivors from the city will be, you would be crying every day of your life. Marie-Julie Jeanne insisted and asked how many survivors will be from this attack on Pont Paris. And the Virgin said, 100 minus 12. Quote, unquote. That's 88. 88 survivors in a region where we have almost 10 million people, uh, population in Paris and in the crown of Paris, the um, suburbs. According to prophecies, Paris, again, if man does not convert in time or returns to God in time, according to prophecy, and that is not just Marie-Julie the same prophecy has been foretold in La Salette, again, formally approved by the local bishop and Rome. I cannot stress this enough. Paris will succumb and fall and collapse in a crater that will be bottomless, to the point that one day a father will take his son at the border and will show him this bottomless crater and say, my son, here used to lie a great city. Marseille will likewise be devastated and sink in the Mediterranean Sea. In La Salette, the Virgin Mary told the children of La Salette that three great cities will be devastated. She mentioned one, Paris, Marseille, and the third one, which according to prophecies, like in Fatima, could possibly be Rome. Remember in the third secret of Fatima, the vision part, there were two halves of the, of the third secret of Fatima. Lucia dos Santos wrote two envelopes. The first envelope, which was to be opened, both of them were supposed to be opened at the latest in 1960, showed the vision. That one has been properly released in June of the year 2000 by Cardinal Bertone. No? But I will limit my comments to that. The second envelope was never released. And the second envelope contained the commentary, the message that the Virgin Mary added and accompanied the vision. I call to your attention the following fact. On the first and the second secret of Fatima, there was always an explanation that accompanied the vision. The vision of uh, hell, the, the explanation of the Second World War in a time when it was completely unrealistic. Russia spreading her errors. In 1917, really? 
Russia was on its knees in May of 1917. It just lost a tremendous humiliating war after signing a humiliating armistice with the Kaiser and the Central European powers. Russia was an enormous vast land held by an army of half-drunk Cossacks who could not even stand half of the time on top of their own horses. It was considered the end of an era. It was unrealistic. The same with the Second World War. The first was not even over yet. There was no light at the end of the tunnel. And that war, the First World War, was called La Derre de Derre. You speak perfect French, uh, John Henry. I'm a Frenchman. I give testimony of this fact. La Derre de Derre, and I heard this from my family as well, was to, meant, was to mean the last of the last, the la, la dernière des dernières, the last of the last war, which was to be sealed by the Treaty of Versailles. Nobody, after leaving the atrocities of the trench of war, the war of trenches wanted to go back to the idea of a war and something even more atrocious and abominable took place exactly as the blessed version may mention and she mentioned very clearly as a sign that there would be an aborolis um aborolis borealis a great light Aurora borealis that would take place in 1938 and that would be the sign that heaven would send to show the beginning of the war, of this event that would take place. And it would take place under the reign of a Pope who did not, who was not yet elected, who would be known as Pius XI. Pius XI lived until, or reigned until 1939, the year when Poland was invaded on September 1st, if my memory serves, by the Wehrmacht. The Second World War was declared by the, by the French and the English against the Germans on September the 3rd. 1939. In 1938, with the, the, the lights in the sky and my grandmother, who was living in Normandy, by the way, and this light was also seen in parts of the United States, remarkably enough. My, gran my grandmother in Normandy, in Trouville-sur-Mer, had a manor. And she remembers, she told, she told her family what happened on that night. You could read a newspaper outside in the middle of the night. Those lights uh, were illuminating all of Europe. There's a, a newspaper clipping we have of that Aurora Borealis. It's, it was so stunning that it made the newspapers, and we still have that clipping now. Just a quick note before we return. If you would like to stay up to date on LifeSite's coverage of the latest life, family, and culture news, subscribe to one of our many newsletters by going to lifesitenews.com slash subscribe. And if you'd like to help us bring our truth-telling coverage to millions around the world, please consider making a one-time or monthly donation at give.lifesitenews.com. And now, back to the video. Shortly after, there was the Oschloss. You know what it is, or the Oschloss. They're taken over of Austria by the Wehrmacht, by the German. The unification of Austria, Germany, and later part of Czechoslovakia. And shortly thereafter, World War II with invasion of Poland. Exactly as the Blessed Virgin Mary, and all this under Pius XI, just... And Pius XI did not came to did not begin his pontificate in 1917, and completely and totally unrealistic. All this was considered in 1917 a sheer rubbish, rubbish, and nevertheless it took place because and all this could have changed if the Catholic Church would have been obedient, would have released this, would have invited men, the faithful to pray, to offer their rosaries, to sacrifice for the peace, so that one day none of these things would ever take place. But the church decided to adopt another course of action. The, the third secret of Fatima is a perfect reflection of this. The third, the secret of Akita. And this is very important. A great many revelations are being talked about tonight in John Henry's shows. 
the apparitions of Akita is going through in the same parallel fashion through exactly what Fatima went through. Lucia dos Santos was silenced by special order, pontificate order, and episcopal order, not to repeat those uh, public messages that, were, that she was instructed to reveal. The greatest part of the revelation by Lucia dos Santos can be found in an interview she did with a Mexican priest called Father Fuentes in 1957. The full interview is in my, in my book. There she talks about what the third secret of Fatima is. It's chilling with, with fright. And today, Akita, which has been formally approved, I believe, in 19, 1980, if memory serves, with the last message uh, given on October 13, 1973, which, by the way, according to Cardinal Ratzinger, who was at the time the prefect of the doctrine of the faith, future Pope Benedict XVI, was in effect the repetition of the third secret of Fatima. Sister Sasagawa today is held, is consigned to quarters and in silence by her local bishop. His local bishop would not have taken that initiative. He must have received his orders from higher above. Why? And that is the reason why it's in the book. And that's very simple. Because part of those messages, Third Secret of Fatima, Akita, is terribly inconvenient for the Roman Catholic Church, particularly today, in this time of Reformation, where Francis is trying to gather the Catholic Church to unite every single, not just the Catholics, but the denominations, Christian denominations, under a same roof. No? It's a paradox again. We, <laughs> we just saw a couple of days ago um, <laughs> an Anglican bishop, English, Anglican bishop, invited to celebrate a mass which, according to His Holiness Leo XIII, is invalid. Now, according to Leo XIII, to say any other way or to say anything else would be accusing Leo XIII to have been simply wrong. No? Leo XIII was very clear. The Anglican masses were not to be recognized as valid. And yet, Francis, I will not say Pope Francis, not out of disrespect, but because of, as per his own request, he doesn't like to be called Pope Francis. So Pope Francis uh, invited this Anglican bishop a few days ago to celebrate mass in Rome. And this man, according to, and that is subject to confirmation, you, one has to be careful. But sources such as uh, Louis Roman and others uh, claim uh, that indeed uh, this uh, Anglican bishop is also a active Freemason. Now, Freemasonry, uh, just a brief note, since um, uh, 1717 has been condemned by the Holy See 25 times and three times alone by His Holiness John Paul II. Now, uh, anything that goes above the 13th um, uh, level or degree of Freemasonry is considered uh, uh, a new um, Luciferian uh, cult. And there, that's where the teachings of Lucif different Luciferian cults are being uh, promulgated accordingly. That being said, we're shooting again in every direction. I apologize, but everything, as I mentioned at the very beginning of this talk, Everything is a piece of puzzle that adds up to an overall great picture. And this is a great picture. What is to come? To go back again, and forgive me for um, this brief, not so brief parenthesis, but to the timeline. Once this great monarch, descended with the 16th and Marie Antoinette, returns to France, he will push back miraculously with inferior forces. The Russians outside France be, uh, west, or rather east 
of the Rhine River, liberating part of Germany, Belgium, Holland, so parts of Switzerland. He will immediately, along with the assistance of the Spanish king, his cousin, uh, will come to a brief assistance to England and will put the larger part of their forces together in Italy in a war that will last a few years. I believe it's three years of war. Northern Italy will be liberated, but the war will be extremely stagnant. And at the end, as the war takes place and the liberation of Europe little by little takes effect, there will be chastisements such as uh, tremendous diseases, very contagious diseases, not just throughout Europe, but throughout the world. One in particular that will be called the burning plague. The Virgin Mary, from Marie-Julie has said that the medical art of humanity will not be able how to cope with this disease, and that heaven, according to the Blessed Virgin Mary from Marie-Julie will be able uh, to bestow upon man one remedy, only one, that will be able to save uh, the faithful from this, from being or becoming a victim of this disease. And it will be, and forgive my poor English pronunciation, my English is hardly the king's, but it's called the Hawthorne. Hawthorne, leaf. Hawthorne, yep. What follows is, <laughs> I thought at first, uh, was very American, very Hollywood. And I but this came from France, not the States. And I thought, this is this is an exaggeration. It's very hard for me to believe. It was at the time. I totally believe and sponsor it, of course, now. But the version may explain that once these effects, these disease takes an effect and spreads around the world, the only way to have a remedy will be to place these hawthorn leaves in boiling water. Once the water boils, to place, and she didn't specify the quantity of leaves. I, was, I suspect that even one would be enough. It's an act of faith. Now, but to place those leaves after taking off the tige of wood away, now, to put them in the boiling water and to cover them with a, with a cover of sorts, and to let it boil for 14 minutes, not 13, not 15, 14. Once those... Uh, 14 minutes have passed, the Blessed Virgin Mary asks that you apply or consume this tea three times a day, either by consuming it or applying it in the wounds that will, according to the Blessed Virgin Mary, will begin with a tremendous red rash. It will burn, literally burn your skin and it will be become all red. Then there will be some sort of blackness that will surround it with a yellow center showing some sort of infection. This disease will affect the mind, the tongue, the speech. There will be speech impediment and will increase dangerously the high blood pressure of the victim. If you do this for three, three times a day until all of the symptoms subsist and disappear, you will be saved. However, the Blessed Virgin Mary added that this particular remedy will not save all. Uh, it will, in some instances, be taken too late, but it will alleviate the suffering of this particular disease. Likewise, this particular tea uh, will be able to save people from cholera. Once this effect takes place, there will be a liberation of Rome of what remains thereof. And uh, the kings, particularly the French king who will take the lead, will restitute on the throne of Peter, quote-unquote, an angelic pope, who will be somehow related to him as a cousin, he will be from the Bourbon Bourbon line, but he will be an angelic pope. At that moment, 
there will be a rebirth of the Catholic Church. But not before this chastisement that eventually uh, could befall humanity if it doesn't return in time to God, um, will be sealed by what we call today the three days of darkness. Before the three days of darkness take place, before all this takes effect, and shortly after the beginning of the Third World War, shortly after, there is what will, is called in the United States, the there will be the illumination of conscience. In Spanish, el aviso, no? Uh, en français, l'illumination des consciences. It will be an event that has been foretold, among other places, by in Garabandal, through Conchita Gonzalez, in Quebec, through another visionary there, who was one of your past, Michel, Father Michel Rodrigue, Reverend Father Michel Rodrigue. And other apparition sites, even Marie-Julie Jani mentioned about this revelation of conscience, whereas every human soul will be granted, will be a new Pentecost, will be granted the gift to see the state of his or her own soul, the way God sees it. It will be a Pentecost, but this time not just reserved to the 12 apostles and to the Blessed Virgin Mary, but to every single human being around the world, whether he's Catholic or Anglican or Jewish or Muslim or agnostic. Thank you for taking us through, because I think that timeline is one which is very confusing for people. Um, and also because we have from the Holy Scriptures some very definite times, we at least get to see where we're headed and how long, you know, to, we have to wait for, if you will. Um, and we'll see, we'll see these things unfold with, uh, you know, there's some clear signs of uh, beginning, um, you know, which will enable us to see where we're at. The warning being the one that I think will, you know, make it clear to people, uh, especially those who don't believe the afterward lie of saying, oh, it was just some solar flare that made everybody go crazy for a while. But uh, we shall see. But it's very, very interesting that the triumph of the Immaculate Heart, at least according to your reading of the mystics who have received the messages, is that the triumph of the Immaculate Heart actually comes after Antichrist. and. Uh, at a time when, you know, Satan's vanquished, at least in that way. And uh, that will be a time that perhaps even some of our children will live into. Yes, I believe so. I believe so. God bless you, Xavier. And God bless all of you. And we'll see you next time. Hi, everyone. This is John Henry Weston. We hope you enjoyed this program. To see more like it, be sure to hit the subscribe button below to get all the latest content from LifeSite News. Check the links in the description to read more and connect with us on social media so that you can stay up to date with all the latest life, family, faith, and freedom news. Thanks for watching, and may God bless you.